This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson, and with me as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Steiskull. How's it going tonight, guys? Pretty good. Tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I thought we were faking it. Wow, no. I don't care either way. We're trying something new tonight. We're recording in the middle of the day, which means I won't be day drinking. (laughs) I I would be if I didn't have to go to school tonight. So uh, Yeah, well, that's why I was... There are times for that. Or no, pick up the kids from school. You know, yeah, that too, I suppose. That's the big thing. I'm not going to be day drinking because I need to get the kids in a while. But, um, so, yeah, I'm trying something new to see if this works for a, a, a thing to do every now and then during the day. But Maybe we'll be a little little more awake, but no promises. I'm not sure. That's, that's true. <laughs> it really depends on the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, how have things been going? You guys uh, been watching anything interesting lately or uh, anything a lot of paranormal things for some reason like i've been watching a lot of paranormal documentaries like roswell shit and um that's appropriate for you know considering the weird flying objects that keep that's right it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) planned that's the crazy part like it all just kind of like lined up and i'm like ah shit like i just watched um a couple nights ago before it was it was before they started mentioning all the other shit they were shooting down I, mm-hmm. I was watching uh, The Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix that recently, I, now, I don't know how recently it was, but it's recent for me. The, the newer one, yeah. The, the newer like, one. Re- reboot, if you will, I guess. And I'm skipping all the murders and going straight for whatever's paranormal. And uh, I watched the one about, like, uh, I think it was in 93 in Michigan, like, just the various fucking UFOs and shit. And, like, apparently somebody saw one, like, siphon off water. Uh, from the lake and shit but um what was fascinating was that it was kind of focusing on a weatherman who was seeing these things on a radar and tracking them and so he's like i know exactly like how fast they're going and how high up they are and how quickly they fucking go and it was freaking him the fuck out and naturally when you fucking experience that shit like you kind of get ostracized uh Mm. and shit especially as a scientist in that kind of community um but then I guess like 30 years later, he came back after he retired. Like he had to go all the way down to fucking Florida to find a new job. I think it was Florida or Georgia. Maybe it was Georgia. But uh, the more fa- the most yeah. fascinating part. So, yeah, you get a group of fucking UFOs and you're like, ah, shit. Um, <laughs> but what was more fascinating was actually learning about the the paranormal. Sorry. Um, paranormal Rangers from. Um, is it the Navajo? I think it's the Navajo. Maybe. Hmm. Not sure. I can't remember now. I might be fucking totally getting it wrong. But anyways, it was fucking fascinating. Hmm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, well, yeah I, I don't even. I'd be not even aware of what you're referring to, but it sounds interesting. So oh, there's very the, much is. There's the the Skinwalker yep. legend, um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in more of the south uh, southwest, which a lot of people take very seriously still. Like yeah, a, that a of, that's actually what it is. It's it's a reservation 
in mm-hmm. Utah, I believe yep. it is, uh, and because they have their own police, there's actually a su- uh, like a subshoot of that. It was just two guys who their whole job was just to investigate Bigfoot, Skinwalker, ghosts, and they were just telling their fucking stories. I'm like, that is the closest thing to a Ghostbusters I think that we could get, <laughs> and it is the coolest thing that I've ever fucking found out. They're both retired now, like, they're just middle-aged, but it was just like, can there be more of that? Man. That would be great. <laughs> Instead well, of like the the Warrens or whatever that they're basing all yeah. those movies on, let's let's see movies about these guys. That sounds good. Yeah, let's watch people of color handle fucking shit like as the way they do. Like it was so <laughs> yeah. fucking cool. These guys and, were so fucking cool. And these weird things that they're shooting out of the sky, um, <clears throat> you know, they still don't know exactly what they are. But the or they do, and we're not privy. Or they do, but... and we're not privy. But I <laughs> yeah. I I like what one person I I know on. Uh, in, in the science community brought up saying like these things you know there's there's no reason to think that they are from outside of earth um uh, from what some of the that, info we've gotten it's that like, of course yeah. in the realm of possibilities a pretty giant leap that people tend to make pretty quickly it yeah, seems so that yeah. it's it's from beyond because <laughs> the reason why we're seeing these things more is we're actually looking now you yeah. know when there was and how big those spy balloons are they're absolutely massive so we're but we're keeping an eye on things that are in that kind of zone of el- of of you know altitude but not only and that like... now we're paying more attention so we're seeing more of them and you have, there's millions of people that maybe not millions but thousands of people there's organizations that are coming up with new devices and they're testing them out and i mean here in wisconsin you know the eaa experimental aircraft association people making their own planes and they make some weird looking stuff Mm-hmm. So, and people make really weird-looking drones. The the thing that uh, one friend of mine brought up, saying, let's say for for the sake of argument, these are, you know, intergalactic, interstellar beings, beings capable of traveling uh, from one star system to another. They have this First advanced off, technology. Somebody says intergalactic, I instantly go Beastie Boys on. Oh, of course. Like, but so they, as soon as you start talking, yeah, bum, 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 yeah. they have this. I don't hear anything else. I'm they just, have this insane like type of. Sorry. No, it's fine. They have the same this insane type of technology, but they're going to monitor us with a balloon. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's a little. Well, look at what happened yeah. when their last fucking ship fucking crashed way back in the forties. It's like, yeah, we can't have that shit again. They right. took they took Jerry and his kids fucking barbarians really <laughs> so they want a weather balloon we'll give them a fucking weather balloon <laughs> yeah it but I, I i was a little but there's Put always that little voice it. though there's that little tiny voice in the back of my mind going you know someday it's very likely that or it is likely that there will be humans that will say i remember the time we made first contact and none of us know when that's going to be so anytime there's something weird, there's that little part of me that's like, is this, is this it? it? Is this it? Are we doing it now? Yeah. Is now today my, the day? My brain is like, what if what if they did master like helium balloon technology and they legitly just coming down like, huh, we really gave up on that one early. That That's that's the vehicle for hyperlight travel. It's like, huh. oh, no, no, beyond <laughs> interdimensional yeah. and shit. I'm like, Oh, it's opened up a whole <laughs> brand new door. So, yeah. Inter, inter- yeah. We just put balloons. fucking, like, like <laughs> bu- uh, sorry, I was going to say Winnie the Pooh heads and shit on our balloons. That's how the fuck we do. 
Well, I do know that uh, if we ever do make contact with uh, interstellar or interdimensional beings, the uh, first th bit of human art we should show them is certainly the movie that we watched this evening. Oh, um, yeah. So, <laughs> I like to point out, like, the subject matter of this would have fit so much better in our last fucking two myth films. <laughs> yes, it would have. But yeah, this right. is the one that we talked about, Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, the, that's why... Uh, very forced segue into uh, the movie we watched for this week. And of course, that is 1984's ad action adventure romantic comedy, Romancing the Stone. I'm getting out of this jungle zone. I'm fed up to here with this treasure hunt business. Yeah. Ira, you miserable worm, you lied to me. You said she was a city girl, out of her element. Just get her in the map and bring them back. Piece of cake. Piece of cake, my butt. What went wrong? I'll tell you what went wrong. First of all, guess who else is here? You're dead right, Solo. What? Secondly, she's got herself a partner. Like shooting holes and everything. The minimum price for taking a stranded woman to a telephone is $400. 375 in traveler's checks? Not a deal. That's just the beginning of what's going on down here. by Robert Zemeckis, uh, starring Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, Danny DeVito. Um, yeah, this is... Let uh, me get you a quick plot synopsis uh, straight from the back of the DVD box. It is one I actually have in my personal collection. came from a garage sale, this and the sequel, a couple of years back. But um, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner have the adventure of their lives in this hugely successful romantic caper co-starring Danny DeVito. When her sister is kidnapped by thugs searching for a priceless jewel in the Colombian jungle, a romance novelist soon finds her own life filled with cliffhangers and danger. All alone, she sets out to rescue her sister and meets up with a handsome fortune seeker who convinces her to beat the bandits to the treasure. Yeah. I, you know... Wasn't there a Sandra Bullock movie that came out with Channing Tatum last year, The Lost City, that was pretty oh, much yeah. the same movie? Essentially this movie. I didn't see that movie, but from the trailers, it seemed I, yeah. like it was a pretty similar concept, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I went into this thinking, like, oh, this must be like an Indiana Jones kind of knockoff. No, it's actually kind of just a romance novel yeah. movie. Yeah. It's, it's a fun yeah. one, but it is just like, oh... Okay, it was, no, that makes more sense. <laughs> it was sold to me in the 90s, like the first time I saw this as a kid, I, I think by my parents, that it was kind of like Indiana Jones. And I remember thinking, although I enjoyed the movie, thinking, no, it's not, even back then as a kid, like, no, it's not really like Indiana Jones. So no. um, it is one I saw, yeah, uh, as a kid and, and enjoyed quite a bit. Was this one, um, Ryan, you said you hadn't seen it before, but Joe, were you no. familiar with, with no, this, this one? No, this was on my list. I, I'd never seen it, but I remember 
shortly after it came out, hearing people reference it a lot, and even looking yeah. at you know reading kind of the history of it a bit, yeah, you know it was it was um, mentioned that was it Ronald Reagan watched this one, like made a point to say that he watched this movie. Um, you know, when he was president. Yeah, he watched it at Camp David in May of 1984. So it was a thing that people were talking about. These were obviously, you know, big stars at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still active. Um, and I, and yeah, I remember... Michael Douglas has a big blockbuster movie coming out this weekend, doesn't that's he? That's right. Uh, and, and, and. But yeah. I remember I remember a guy, a, a guy, a kid I was friends with at the time, um, David Gillette, if you're listening. Yeah, you. Uh, who who really really liked this one? Or I remember him talking about it a lot, but I yeah. never saw it. Uh, so I knew of it. I know of its sequel. I remember the trailers for it, but I never actually saw it. Uh, but it, it, this is definitely a time capsule, though, to like mid eighties. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it, it took me <laughs> like, back to to be when you see young kid. Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, yes. which is weird is, to say, but it is of a time. Danny DeVito is one of those actors that like. They're, to be in my my like comprehension of time, there never really was a young Danny DeVito because even by, all the way back to Taxi, he doesn't yeah. really look young. Like, or at least I was so young that he already looked very old. Like, if I go back and look now, I'm like, wow, Danny DeVito's so young. But um, yeah, so he's just kind of an immortal creature that's always kind of just been Danny DeVito, you know, until maybe just recently where. He's starting well, to that's, look a little more like the penguin than, you know. No, that's well, kind now of he's the doing the Cousin Subs commercials. <laughs> no, no, oh, he's yeah. not doing Cousins. He's doing Jerseys. Jerseys. Jersey yeah, subs. Jersey Subs. Excuse Jersey. me. He's doing the, ah. the, which are pretty good commercials. Uh, but that's the thing yeah. about, like, being a bald man. I don't know about your mm-hmm. case, Eric, in the situation. But you're aged quicker than people yeah. assume. But then as you get older, people think that you're still younger than you are. Like from my dad's experience, at it's least everybody kind of catches up to you in the like you're <laughs> you know, permanently you... middle age, no matter what age you actually are. It's just like, um, oh, getting... you lost your hair. How old are you? Thirty five. I'm twenty one. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm getting toward the. Oh, I'm the not going to get carded. Okay. <laughs> end side of that, so I'll I'll take it now. I could have done without yeah. the losing my hair early, but you know that's fine. Right. Um, Where's the muscles yeah, so, I was promised when I went bald? <laughs> ben yeah. Diesel, you lied to me. Um, as we mentioned, this movie was uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, who obviously is a filmmaker of note, being uh, most famous for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future. Uh, we are, already did a review on a Zemeckis movie, uh, two more than one that he's been involved with. One that he directed was uh, Death, Be- Death Becomes Her, we did a while mm-hmm. back. Um, but yeah, so definitely a filmmaker who has a lot of famous credits to his name. This was an early one for him. He had only directed a couple feature films prior to this. Um, yeah, so a big cast and kind of just a big Hollywood. Also, it was shot by uh, Dean Coondy, who, of course, um, worked with Steven Spielberg and John Carpenter mm-hmm. and all kinds of... Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, it was a big deal movie, and supposedly the um, like a ten million dollar budget movie in Twentieth Century Fox uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, didn't put any a whole lot of effort into um, promoting it because it didn't test well. And then when it came out, uh, it kind of became a sleeper hit in the pre-video store era, which means you know just kind of took off. Um, under the radar and uh, eventually ended up grossing like 116 million and was a popular movie. Like you said, the president 
requested to watch it and uh, mm-hmm. yeah it spawned a sequel and so on and so forth so oh you know what's crazy so, yeah. danny devito and michael douglas are the exact same age Lord. <laughs> wow. I suppose that kind of makes sense. They're yeah. Yeah. they're both currently seventy eight, so it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah. Again, going back to the aging bald men thing. Sorry, tangent. Yeah. ADHD. Well, they're both still very active actors. Like they're in stuff still, and yeah, yeah have kind of always been. Michael Douglas had a little health issue, I think, in the um, cancer. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I think he's pretty much been an act, been active all throughout my life. I think. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, is... we did a movie like er- earlier last year, the game with him. Yep, in it. Yep. it was in the nineties, yeah. and then he—I think he was part of like a Wolf of Wall, not Wolf of Wall, Wall Street. Sorry, uh, Wall Street sequel. Like, mm-hmm. it's older now. I think that was like in the mid. I think it was like twenty fifteen. Yeah, I'm not sure. You're right. Well, Wall Street itself. Yeah, and then yeah. and then the sequel that yeah, yeah. the original um, one, the sequel. So yeah, yeah so, he was he was always he's always been like as far as my memory goes in, in watching movies and growing up he was the leading you know he was one of these leading men. Um mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner again has had an incredible career throughout her life. Oh yeah. Um you know from Body Heat to this I know Preetzi's Honor was another one Peggy Sue got married. Uh and then one oh, that yeah. in Serial Mom she's even done a John Waters <laughs> film. Um Jessica Rabbit yeah, yes, and the, the voice of Jessica Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. Woman's got range, two D yeah. to three D. So, <laughs> well, and also she uh, and Michael Douglas teamed up again in the movie War with Danny DeVito in War of the Roses in 1989, which is one that I'd yeah. love to get on the show at some point, is um, uh, sometime soon, because uh, that's that's another really good one from well about five years later. Uh, and the sequel to p- this, Jewel of the Nile. And Jewel of the Nile. This particular one, so yeah, I hadn't seen it before, and I think like you, Ryan, I had more of an expectation of like, oh, this was Michael Douglas's kind of semi-failed Indiana Jones attempt. And kind of, but not really. I not agree. Really, it's definitely no. more of a like a romance novel, which now that I've seen it and I see the plot, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. But once you, of, once you see it and accept it for what it is, it's mm-hmm. it's fine, Yeah, actually. I, yeah. I will say, though, just speaking of plot, there's a lot here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of stuff, but I think that fits exactly what they were trying to do with the, it being kind of like, and, and it's a very specific type of romance novel, but I think one of those, like, it, it's playing on the action-adventure aspects of it, but, you know, kind of uh, the damsel in distress is rescued by the, you know, charming, um, heroic, yeah, <laughs> right, and then kind of the, the real world version I of believe. it happening here, yeah. happening here, but at the same time, it's still roughly that same plot, so yeah, yeah. Kathleen Turner plays Joan Wilder, who's a romance novelist living in New York, who has a sister, who's obviously the more, um, at least in the way we're introduced, the more um, exciting sister, who's off, you know, with her rich husband, and yeah. and yeah, adventuring in Columbia, and uh, receives a package, um, from her brother-in-law who recently is recently deceased. I don't think we get a lot of details about how that happened, but he was um, butchered, I believe. Yeah. No, yeah. Pieces got in trouble with the uh, people down there and, you know, his treasure hunting, but he sends the, the map back to her and um, right around the same time, she gets a phone call from her sister in Columbia saying that she's in trouble and needs her to come and bring the map back to the, you know, the two people that are holding her or they're going to kill her. And that is, uh, 
Ira and uh, what's Danny DeVito's character's name? I forgot. It's Danny. I know DeVito. Ira because he's always yelling <laughs> at him. But yeah, so Ralph, Ralph, Ralph and Ira, who are kind of uh, not really the big bads of the movie. They're the first bad guys we get introduced to, and they're kind of a bu- couple of bubbling idiots, um, just kind of looking to make a buck. And we get a uh, we get another another bad guy as we get better bad guy as we uh, yeah. go on here. But anyway, so she off to Columbia and. You know, go, basically becomes the lead character in one of her adventure romance novels. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's the the scene after I, I, after they first meet when Jack and and Joan first get together and they're kind of like aligning their motives, I guess. But there's like a big chase scene through the jungle. Mm-hmm. Their first big chase scene, and it. I, I had a note that it went on really long. <laughs> like that, <laughs> well, It felt like it just kind of kept going. Like, if this were a romance novel, this would be maybe ten too many pages. Well, yeah. it's funny because, like, prior to that, like, um, her hiring him to escort her to where she needs to go, it, it really tells the time that we're living in uh, and how, old, how far away this movie is. Where uh, $375 in traveler's checks was enough to go on this dangerous yeah. adventure. And I'm like, that won't even cover my rent. Not my enti- <laughs> not not even my half of the rent. Not the entire right. rent, just my half of the rent. And I'm just like, ooh, dude. Now, um, she did talk him down from 500 but... Yeah, he... Like, yeah. 400 500 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but I, you know, I will say, like, it's when they're doing these, like, adventure things, like, uh, I think you, you would kind of expect Douglas, Douglas's character to be like, oh, the head honcho guy who knows everything around this whole place. And, and not fully. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's Turner's no. character who actually does, like, the, the dangerous across the bridge and then the rope swing that makes him do it and actually kind of fail part way through and you can see like the soft rock kind of bend for a second too um yeah she she kind of accidentally like stumbles her way into a, a couple of these things and yeah like you said michael douglas is no, no indiana actually. jones you know yeah they're equally Jack competent Colton, which is surprising um, yeah he's not no indiana jones he he doesn't really um he's certainly you know competent enough to be running his business his tropical bird business out of you know columbia essentially stealing tropical birds from columbia and smuggling them back to the u.s for money um but when it comes to you know actually having to deal with some of the more adventure aspects of this he's not a whole lot more competent than which which actually makes it kind of fun because they're both you know they're equals in a way which is interesting for a movie made in what 84 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get given like the the time Especially like how close Indiana Jones is to this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I I did find it kind of amusing when you first see Jack. You know, so uh, Joan and the bus that she's on have just been into an accident. They crash into Jack's Land Rover, and Zolo, one of these, you know, kind of Colonel Zolo, excuse me, one of the main mm-hmm. villains, has her at gunpoint. And you see this silhouette of this kind of adventurer type guy come up onto the hill. And Zolo shoots him and it shoots his water bladder. <laughs> it's just like his bag just starts <laughs> yeah. leaking water. And I don't know, I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but he it, just, it's, yeah. does he have like a real, like, real person, like, reaction to it? He's just like, ah, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, so, like, a, like an annoyed looking down. Like, yeah. But I think that's the same kind of Indiana Jones stuff they were going for. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know th- that that reminded me a little bit of Indiana Jones and the Swordsman. Yeah. You know, yeah. To be yeah. fair, to say that even Indiana Jones is a competent adventurer would completely like negates the humor of the it, Indiana exactly, Jones films. True. Yeah. Exactly. He never actually right. gets the treasure in the end, so it's like. Well, yeah, he the, the whole thing. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go, and that yeah. I think that kind of hero was was really popular at this time, which I still think it is too. Uh, we've just done a little bit better, I feel like, especially with our male heroes of bringing them down a notch a little bit more um, because because bumbling has always been kind of endearing. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found Michael Douglas's character in this movie to be a little bit like, I think like Ryan said earlier for 1984 to kind of be an archetype of, of more modern male Mm -hmm. heroes and stuff. Does he, does he make some decisions and say things that are probably a little bit inappropriate still here? Yeah. Yeah. But But that more so just speaks to like his immaturity as a character, which kind of checks actually. Like he's not rewarded for being that way. Well, I don't know someone might argue otherwise, but yeah, (laughs) it's yeah. Yeah. He's actually, and he's, he, his main motivation is not to, you know, bed Joan instantly like a lot of male characters yeah. in movies of this era. Does it does it end up happening, you know, anyway? And is he totally innocent of those things? You know, yes and no, but um, it's not his primary motivation. His primary motivation is to find this jewel. So it's yeah. I'm not saying he's like you know the the best guy in the world, but I think as a character, he's he's believable. So. Yeah, the the Joan character, you know, they at least on the wikipedia description it describes her as a a successful but lonely romance novelist yeah and i kind of feel where this does a good job with kind of like you start showing that male archetype it's still oh yeah her character lonely female with a cat yeah Yeah. it's a little more problematic on that end yep yeah Yeah. i would agree so yep but she handles it really well uh uh you know, uh, Kathleen Turner does. Yeah, um, like halfway you know. through the film, like once her character's comfortable. And yeah, they, they have a nice. Yeah. She has a nice growth. Like there's an arc there. I think they just yeah. kind of start her a little far too far down the hole. Like you know, make oh, a few like too s- many stereotypical assumptions about her life and uh, whatever. But um, you almost yeah, get no, the they, feeling that she's like agoraphobic, almost like the way that mm-hmm. she even exits yeah. her fucking apartment, like. Do you ever leave? But I mean, I don't. Maybe their intention there was like someone who is so opposite of adventure, being thrown into adventure. But it's just yeah. like, yeah, but you threw in like single cat lady in there. It kind of muds up the fucking waters yeah. a little bit. Who's frustrated because you know, just so frustrated. She's lonely. She's chucking her dishes into the fireplace oh and God. stuff like that. Was an odd scene at the beginning. <laughs> just watching it as an adult, going like. You still have to clean that up. That's just glass, and your cat. Yeah, that's will not go gonna in burn there. away in your fireplace. Yeah, yeah you gotta take the clean all that up. Yeah. yeah, that was that was an odd part. But once they get to Columbia, once they meet up, and you kind of get over this, I still feel like a really long <laughs> chase through the, the jungle scene. I mean, it, yeah, it the story starts on a high up. note. A good portion yeah. of like our action adventure takes place during that chase scene, though. There's that, and yeah. there's like the end. I guess there's yeah. Anyway, but there's a few. You get but... the rope swinging. You get the sliding down the mud. You know the the hill and the mudslide. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You go through the whole obstacle course that you have to because it's a jungle, and clearly there's booby traps everywhere in jungles. Obviously, um, yeah. How about the whole like 
hang out in the plane and burn in like marijuana because it was a drug cartel plane that fucking crashed and they're like what what can we burn because it's raining they're cold they're yeah burning like just fucking punches like just bounds of fucking weed and getting high as fuck and he goes nah, that's what i call a campfire it's like yeah yeah yep <laughs> that, <laughs> was, that was that was pretty funny scene polished yeah. off most of a bottle of tequila they're sitting there breathing all that in like yeah and like and after a while she, like joan passes right? out cold just like oh yeah the so. fact that they woke up the next day i kind of felt was like unauthentic i'm like no nah, that's at least like 72 hours like you're in a coma right because that's so much <laughs> <laughs> like yeah they finally found the fucking like limits of how much a human can fucking inhale of marijuana it's like oh no they're dead they died from a lack of oxygen in a fucking small plane a with small a bomb plane, fire yeah. inside <laughs> it's like um, so then but they're on the run still from yeah zolo and also danny and devito and his DeVito, cousin yeah so we got all yeah, these mostly just DeVito primarily DeVito danny devito at this creep, point creeping yeah. along fucking, in the background like yeah, yeah his car yeah. that has like a passenger door that doesn't seem to ever fucking shut every vehicle everything in columbia in this film just is falling apart yeah. yeah like at one point like when the bus crashes into that jeep like earlier on like they just bust through the fucking bus door like everything just like is this all just made out of like the most flimsy fucking wood <laughs> like everything yeah. i got a kick out of that and i'm like i don't know how intentional this is but yeah you're really depicting this as a poor area um yeah they they shot the movie in mexico and i get the feeling like they probably because they didn't want to move everything down there they probably went down to mexico to like sell us your junky old cars and like yeah. that's <laughs> what they got you know so anything that crumbles let's have it yep um but then they like what run into the i i do enjoy the part the scene where they run into the drug dealers the whole village of the cartel. Yes, that was fun. Yeah. yeah, that was so fun, and you do not know where. Got it's another go. another chase out of the end of that too. So, well, like actually, oh, that was man. kind of in the middle of a big chase. So. <laughs> yeah, like it was like halfway. It's like, oh, we're gonna pause from the chase. Now we're in this village. Here's yeah. a semi yeah. chase. A, the, the most slow slowest chase you've ever seen. The highest ranking drug dealer in the village of drug dealers, who's you know like they kind of depicted as kind of a dangerous cartel leader. He lives in the yeah. nice house and everything. Ends up being a giant fan of Joan Wilder's book to the point yeah. where he's got like posters and like yeah and so he reads to his men he reads to his men every night he even tells him like this is this is the author of the, the stories i read to you and they're like oh my god it's joan and like they're just like fangirl over everything and it's just like I, this is where joan has strengths and that's like I, so fun not sure to watch. it's believable in the least but it's funny no. and it, it's good and moment. it's, yeah, it's, it's like, been that's a, a a gag that's or a joke that's been used in a on quite a few movies like this since mm -hmm. then i can't off the top of my head think of anything before but like in the movie tropic thunder um nah, you know yeah. the, the i mean the those were cartel yeah. in there of yeah. course they're huge fans of of ben stiller's actors film simple jack which <laughs> is yeah. just a whole other thing but uh you know it's the same kind of gag that they're that they're playing here so you know it, it but it is effective it is funny like when he's this this badass guy and he's just like oh my god it's it's her <laughs> his his whole demeanor changes and it, it it really is quite funny it would have ruined the the like latter half of the romance novel of, of this movie but i kind of thought it might be funny if the the drug dealer would tagged along on the adventure for a little longer like yeah i kind of like there's that guy. a weird <laughs> feeling of that right it's yeah. like he just he just has this weird charm where you want him and his little mule to just keep the whole entire time 
Mm-hmm. Now, I do want to point out this movie has one of the oddest uses of Chekhov's gun that I have ever seen in a film. For those of you not familiar with the concept of Chekhov's gun, where if, if you mm-hmm. introduce a gun in the first act, someone's got to fire it in the third. And in this case, it's crocodiles. <laughs> it's the crocodile. That's what I said when I first yeah. saw the crocodiles. Who's like, oh, this is going to come back later. Yeah. Just There's just this kind of odd scene in the beginning of where Danny Iris DeVito and his brothers those... are yeah, feeding yeah. the crocodile. Look at those snappers. Yep. And I'm like, it's, someone's getting eaten at the end of this movie. Or at he least talks eaten. about the snappers a lot in the first, like, introduction to those characters. Like, that's pretty much all he wants to talk about. And yeah, It's pretty much his only exactly character. What, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, yep, someone's getting eaten by crocodiles. I mean, I'd seen him before. Check where it's going, kind of, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, because when the, at the big standoff scene, that's how uh, Zolo is trying to interrogate Joan as to and Jack as to where the where the gem is was by threatening to feed her to the snappers. And, yeah, look at them yeah. snappers. And then of course Zolo's the one who gets his hand bitten off in a really graphic <laughs> scene, one that really just kind of felt out of place here. For but this movie, for, yeah, like a PG rated. 1984 like it was yeah quite the gruesome hand removal there but yeah uh, it's it uh yeah i get get getting a little bit ahead of ourselves i think the the main like kind of turning point in the plot is when uh michael douglas or jack finally talks joan into taking the map and you know getting one step ahead by actually going and finding the jewel Mm -hmm. and uh then she'll have you know it's he puts it like all the cards on on, in her deck or whatever and um that was one thing that i found about this movie that might could have been a little more action adventure because yeah it was very they, they do a good job of building up to that and then they decide to like go on the quest you know accept the quest or whatever to put it in really nerdy terms um and it would pretty much last like the whole finding it took probably like five minutes yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they found the cave, they broke open an old, you know, it was hot, hidden in a porcelain, old, like, porcelain jar of some sort, and they broke it open, and, yeah, There's that, that was all there was to it. Gem. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so. I, I did think the way that they found it was, was kind of gimmicky. She was like, oh, in one of my no- romance novels, this is what I did. Oh, yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a little too This is a movie that a lot of things are gimmicky, but I think it... it it's to be expected you're this far in like it's just that kind of movie it is but my whole thing was just like how old is this treasure because i was under the impression like given the map like oh this is old and then like when they dug through mother's milk as it's called whatever it was that was weird um when Mm -hmm. they're digging through this puddle and they pull out the porcelain easter rabbit thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just like Again, how old... Actually, I got several questions. How did you fit that in there? And two, how old actually is this jewel? Like, they probably mentioned it, and I fucking completely missed it. But it was just one of those, like... Okay, this is not the main point of the movie. We get it. (laughs) We got a MacGuffin. Let's keep going. Led me to believe it was an older thing than it looked like it probably was. Like, I don't know. You find out it's actually just, like a year old and it's just like yeah this is the paper of columbia like everything else it just falls apart (laughs) (laughs) yeah the movie not my words the movie's words not mine (laughs) yeah so so then zolo ends up catching up up to all of them uh when they go holy shit to switch the map for yeah um she goes to trade the map for her sister as originally 
and then you know he comes and spoils the surprise she's already got the stone and yeah all kinds um, of mayhem at that point and they really lay into this idea is like that was jack actually using her does he seem legitimate yeah. um turns out yeah yes, there's a couple of like mcguffin moments with trying to make it trying to make you question if jack is a you know, good guy or not or whether he was using her to get this jewel yeah we all knew where that was gonna end up yeah the little <laughs> twists back and forth yeah but they i mean do. i'd say that's kind of the interesting thing about jack's character is like i don't actually think he had a character growth moment per se i think this is just how he always was you just got to see the the levels of who are who he already was because mm-hmm. he didn't really like like i don't really like watching this and looking back it's like i don't think he ever really meant to like just steal it per se well maybe but it's just like no i no i agree i think like he is a jack colton as a character i think is a guy that kind of goes with the flow and that's exactly what he did here like took it i mean i don't think he took advantage of joan as a as a person necessarily but he definitely took advantage of the situation oh yeah Um, yeah so you know he he but he he was totally upfront about it he's like yeah i could you know i could get that sailboat i've always wanted and you know he, yeah. he shared all of his ambitions so and he's uh, like they just need the map they don't need to know that we have the mm-hmm. stone essentially mm-hmm. there was like this bit where he kept trying wanting to find a xerox like machine to copy the map but apparently never fucking did it even though he was told like yeah the hotel does have a xerox it's like fantastic and then they never that's never <laughs> i know that again. that seemed to go nowhere yeah that went nowhere um, well don't they ask the the drug cartel leader too and he's like yeah but it's broken yeah <laughs> yep. she's broken <laughs> like it's which is um uh, yeah it's one of those little like tidbits and he's got like two i think psych outs where he like disappears and you wonder like would he ever come back and it happens mm-hmm. twice even at the very fucking end um yeah well and and they do it like a couple times in a row like the first well the, they actually do it three times in a row. The fake out with when there's first machine gun fire, he steps around the corner first and then Zolo's behind him with the gun. And then yep. there's the situation where he's wrestling with the crocodile. He's got him by the tail as it's trying to go over the wall. And um, Joan is yelling for help as she's as she's knife fighting with, with Colonel Zolo on top of, on top of this like castle-esque. Um, oh, and, yeah. Uh, he reluctantly decides to go and help her and lets the croc go. The croc that ate the jewel in Zolo's hand. So Zolo is holding the jewel. It's, you know, Captain Hook type situation. Yeah, it really uh, is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of think, I kind of wish they wouldn't have killed him off at the end. Cause it'd be great to bring him back with a hook in the second movie. It's just the kind of cheesy thing they could get away with in a movie like this. But, oh, yeah. um, you just put uh, not a hook, just just his little pocket knife. Just put his pocket knife. Yeah, his switchblade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then and then third the third time being the, you know, he says goodbye at the end and lets her go back off to New York, and um, you're not sure where that's all going to end up. Of course, we all are sure, but because we know this kind of a movie, but you know, it's, um, yeah. So he comes back wearing fresh, you know, some brand new crocodile boots in his uh, sailboat and they go sail off around the world after she's published a number one her her best book yet yeah, i guess it's not published but you know based on these adventures mm-hmm. that she had so now she's yeah. a superstar uh, mm-hmm. yep she's a regular fucking stephen king now when she walks down the street and people try to sell her things she doesn't act terrified but they flock to her and like love her and she still says no i don't that was <laughs> wasn't sure what they were trying to say there but 
my yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying that... to show some some growth in her character, but yeah, it was still everything in New York was weird, even at the end. <laughs> it was like Yeah. So. Yeah. It's always fun to see like the idea of like, oh look, the famous writer and it's just like I don't think that's as common as they people like make it out to believe like make yeah. you believe that it is actually mm-hmm. um oh man what was it one one oh the family jewels jewels joke like where he was hiding the jewel i thought mm-hmm. was i won't lie my mature part my immature part totally laughed um <laughs> yeah just kicks him right in the in the spots and slowly wiggles it out of the fucking yep. pants it's just like all i could think is like again i have several questions how are you holding that <laughs> yeah that is a powerful yeah. gooch whatever you got going on there douglas yeah. <laughs> well maybe that was that was by no means a smooth fucking jewel uh, i i wonder if that that played into their casting decision like we've got this scene and we we're gonna need someone who has this ability because they also considered sylvester stallone for the role yeah, um, I, they, saw the, I saw the cl- list of considered. Huh? I yeah. actually wanted to, to talk about that because can you imagine this movie with any of these people on the list? But no, anyway. maybe I can imagine still. I can actually imagine Stallone. Yeah, Stallone I is Colton. I think it changes the... Just because... Just I, 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 I love Sylvester Stallone. He's, he's very underrated and often put in the wrong category, I think, as an actor. But... Um, I'm not sure he would be right for this. It would change the part, I think, a little bit. For it would change his, the part, but he can do like to it, but... comedy and action. I'm thinking of Demolition oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So it's just yeah, like that's where can. I'm going off of. Like he he could, I can see that, but maybe not that early. Maybe not that early in the '80s. Certainly yeah. '90s Stallone is where. Burt Reynolds, Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman, like all of them. Christopher very... Reeve was the one that shocked me as they considered. I just can't see him being a bad guy, even even yeah, like a good a, guy, bad, like a rugged. He just wasn't like that. Yeah, a little too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he has been in films where he's murdered somebody before. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And had he done it, I'm sure he would have done fine with it. It just it's. Like, I mean, he yeah. still looked like a goody two shoes when he did it, but yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah. I could see Paul Newman pulling it off. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, it. that's probably the closest. Paul mm-hmm. Newman. That's and, and what Michael, I thought too. Yeah, I could yeah. see Burt Reynolds. I mean, they they never even considered Nick Cage, so there's points off for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, what, what yeah. was his fame like at that point, though? Nick Cage was a kid at this point. Like, I, yeah. had he even done like Valley Girl and all that stuff yet? This is right around the time he kind of broke. Yeah. In, so. Um, I I do also apparently they tried uh, looked into getting Deborah Winger for the character of Joan, which mm-hmm. could have worked. That could have worked. Um, you know, both, both really, really great performers. So I could see that going, but yeah. with Stallone, I don't know. That's, that would have been, that would have been a tough one. He was still like riding high on the Rocky stuff at this point. Yeah. Right. And yep. Rambo. He was a big star at this point for, that probably uh, would have been th- a bad choice though, because of the Rambo movies. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone had expected it to be a little more action. I don't think he could have played the, he could have played it. He's, he's able to do the bumbling thing, but like, yeah. Michael Douglas was a great. I just I thought it was an interesting list. I think Michael Douglas was the choice. I think he's actually yeah. very a very good choice for this role. But yeah. So, Burt Reynolds. I don't yeah. think I don't think a screen can hold that much sexy. <laughs> or toxic masculinity. More of that. More of <laughs> yeah. that. 
So, wait, are you trying to say those aren't the same thing? No, I'm just saying. And yeah, they the ending. Some groups. The, the <laughs> ending of this gets. Yeah, you mentioned like the, the the New York stuff is really weird, including the ending. And yeah, yeah, the end of this is is cute but kind of strange. It's cute for. It ends like a romance novel again. Yeah. That's I mean, what this, this is. This whole thing and the fact it's very self aware, I think, is yeah. you know, I think it helps. It helps us digest all of that stuff. Like it's just you can have fun and be like, oh yeah, of course that's how it ends because that's how it always was going to end. Right. But yeah. like it actually really does kind of like fit the thematic of adventure mm-hmm. romance novels pretty well. And I would say that probably this was a pretty balanced movie for. It's funny we watched it like the day after Valentine's Day, but it was like <laughs> this movie is like I think pretty perfect for that time for macho men and. Yeah, romance novel watching women. This is it's, it. This is the fusion of the two, and it I did a good job. I well, I won't lie. Yeah. I have no total shame to admit it. Hollywood, um, you know, adaptation of that genre. But it, like, yeah, it's there's nothing real, you know, deep or thought provoking about it. But it's fun. It's light. It, you know, the yeah. script is is pretty good. I don't think it ever drags anywhere. The performances are good. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm starting to review yeah. it. I guess we could just <laughs> go ahead and do that. Sure. But, um yeah joe yeah um yeah again having never seen this one but knowing of it and thinking i had an understanding what i knew it was going to have a romance angle to it i knew it was going to be like you know jungle adventure and there's a lot of films like this i know some reviews early when it came out compared it to like a saturday matinee and it's definitely pulling some of some of those inspirations a lot of those it ends up being a little too much trying to be Indiana Jones. Um, but at the same time, you're right. It, it's really what it's aiming to do is be a live-action version of a romance novel. And for that, I think it, it hits pretty well. I think it performed about what I would expect it to. Because despite it being that fusion that you mentioned, Ryan, that doesn't always bring a lot of audiences for some reason. You'd think something yeah. that's got this thing that can bring all these people together for something, a story they're all going to like, they can all find something out of. They, for some reason, just kind of fizzle. I think they don't seem macho enough for some guys, or they seem too, you know, shoot them up for some audiences. But overall, I think they pulled it off pretty well. Um, I haven't seen the sequel, but I, I would definitely watch it. And this is one I think they could do... Uh, a reboot of pretty successfully it's though it sounds been, like they just kind of did <laughs> yeah um and it also discussions yeah and it times. also didn't do as well um the lost city didn't do as well so it's it's kind of falling into that same it's hard to get these films um the attention that they deserve overall i feel like the editing could have been trimmed up in a few spots uh there's a few cliches but overall it was pretty enjoyable i'm gonna give it an a minus that's about where i'm feeling as well with this whole thing like a lot of echoes here is this like i think uh i would argue that it does not need to be repeated again this could just have the crown that it has and we can move on like that's kind of like let's just have th- things existed things happen we don't need to reboot them like mm-hmm. this can just because i can't see this working as well um in a modern sense like i i could be proven wrong down the line i never like you never know but I think because of the time and knowing that it was made in 84, it can get away with certain things that it's like, 
I found it like, okay, I, I'm not going to criticize this as harshly. In fact, I would argue, like we said earlier, like this is surprisingly more progressive than expected, given that it was 84. 84th's yeah. equivalent of per, uh, progressive. <laughs> um, <laughs> with your male and female leads pretty much being on equal footing. Um, I I think the adventure element is is pretty much overshadowed by pretty much just the characters um which is perfectly fine and kind of makes sense in the romance novel kind of stat uh fashion um and where the adventure qualities do are lacking but it, it you do enjoy it for the humor and the, the just the circumstances <laughs> that they find themselves in and these characters just kind of trying to survive uh and adapt with one another and in the end turn out to be a pretty uh don't know how but a competent team even though neither of them are like 100 percent competent which would make sense why they would come together in a relationship and uh a minus like i was like maybe b plus but honestly i can't see why i would have to like given everything this movie actually did and how fun it actually is to watch like why would it be any lower than a minus like so a minus like mm-hmm. easily yeah i'm gonna echo a lot of that i i think I think one of the the highest compliments I could pay to this movie is that the best thing to do is to take it outside of the context you think it's going to be and take it away from that Indiana Jones thing and try to appreciate it for what it is. And that is a live action, you know, (laughs) action adventure romance novel. And if you can see it that way, I think it is done or it's done very well. It's it's a fun um, time capsule of the 1980s this honestly if you were gonna go you know pull out an example from like each kind of genre of movie for the 1980s this is probably a great example um of kind of the the saturday you said saturday matinee i can't get that out of my head but that that type of a movie like a low-key mm-hmm. uh but hollywood i don't know the it sounds like I'm cutting down on the movie by saying it's so standard. It's so kind of like normal Hollywood stuff, but that's really actually what it does really well. It's just a good fun. It's like a comfort uh, ro- food. romp, if you will. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, the characters are fun. The screenplay is good. It's it's funny where it needs to be. It's got enough action adventure to get you through. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it it really the cast is is part of what makes it great too i think they're yeah both the leads and then some of the supporting cast they're everybody's cast very well in this and um yeah it's enjoyable i, I honorable mention we mentioned it before but to the 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 aside with the the drug kingpin i really enjoyed that <laughs> and i wish he would have stuck around a little longer but um weirdly enough yeah <laughs> yeah and i don't remember enough about the sequel but I, I don't think he turns back up again unfortunately but i'll have to check that out again Danny i saw does, both of them as yeah. a kid yeah yeah um yeah i think i was leaning towards i think i am gonna land at a b plus it's not it's not i think going up to an a for this one is is not quite appropriate but i think it's really a good movie and it's worth it's worth the time i am um, surprised by that so. outcome <laughs> yeah well, i don't know i like i'm trying to th- i try to be it's really hard but i try to be somewhat consistent because we we go all over the place with the kinds of movies we're reviewing it's very hard to put one grading scale to all of that and i feel like this is a, a solid b movie and not at the know, very least a, yeah 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 mm-hmm. so anyway that's where i'm gonna land with it b plus awesome well we would love to know what any of our listeners think of uh romancing the stone or its sequel jewel of the nile i know romancing the stone is available to watch on Tubi. jewel of the nile isn't 
It's a jewel you have to search for. It's one you might have to search for. Maybe there's a treasure map. Um, there might be. Uh, <laughs> but please feel free to send any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms about this film or others that we've covered to the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod and our main Video Junkyard Podcast pages on Instagram and Facebook. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And if you want to hear more of the Video Junkyard Podcast and you happen to have a dollar in your pocket, we uh, have a Patreon page where you can become a part of the Video Junkyard Podcast family. For only one dollar, you get to vote on the movies that we watch on the podcast and uh, get to access to exclusive content many times a year. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, it's, it's only a dollar, and we'd appreciate the uh, the donation. It helps us to create more of these podcasts and pay for hosting costs, etc. Everything we do raise through the uh, Patreon does go directly back into creating more of these shows. Speaking of more of these shows, we do have some more coming up for you. And next week, we're going to do our semi-annual, because we skipped last year, but our semi-annual uh, Razzie special. We're going to be watching Blonde from... Uh, yeah. Uh, and if anyone's unfamiliar with the Razzies, that's the Golden Raspberry Awards. Uh, go Google it before we'll talk a little bit about the history of it and what it is uh, on the show next week as well. But uh, we're gonna following that, we're gonna watch Tremors, City of the Living Dead, and all kinds of good stuff, including more audience picks. Uh, which, by the way, Romancing the Stone, which you've just listened to, was a, a um, movie selected by our audience. And um, if you would like to get your pick on the show. Uh, head over to Patreon, join the club, and let us know what you want to watch. We'll get it on right away. We want to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it, and if so, you'll share it around. And join us next time. And until then, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Stiskel Sam. The best time I've ever had. Never been anybody's best time before. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard.